There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Deemer. Today we have the Decrypt All-Stars coming on to talk about a couple of things. First, why is the stock market and the crypto market giving us anxiety over the past week? And Visa is using Ethereum and stablecoins. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Today is March 29, 2021. I hope everybody drank their dose of hopium today because the markets are green. I'm feeling good. I got an email the other day. Somebody said, I speak at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I know I have to slow down. I'm a fast talker, but that's my ADD. Everybody said I had ADD growing up. I really don't know if it's true, but I do know one thing. If I don't say what's on my mind as soon as I think it and it comes out of my mouth, then I'm going to forget what I was thinking. So I just do it so I can hold a thought and get it on recording so I can bring it out to you as fast as possible. It's one of those things I learned about in my life is I need to hyper focus and I need to have a schedule and a routine or else I'm just all over the place. I wake up at the same time every morning. I hit the gym in the morning. I make the same breakfast. I then do my podcast. It's a routine that I have. I did it all through university. I did it all through grad school. I did it at work. I do it now. I need to have this structure or else I am just all over the place. And when I'm in work mode, when I'm doing my thing, when I'm doing my thing that's on my schedule for the day, I am hyper focused on it or else I won't get anything done. So if you think I speak too quickly, I apologize. I know I do, but it's because I have a lot of things in my brain that I just need to get out of my mouth as soon as possible or else I forget it. But one thing we can't forget are those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. And I'm recording this at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $57,493, up 2.8% from yesterday. Ethereum's in the number two spot at $1,767, up 3.95%. Binance is still in the number three spot at $269.94, down 0.2%, but it's been fluctuating up and down. Eh. Tether, number four, at $1. Cardano is at number five at $1.20, up 0.9%. And Polkadot's in the number six spot at 33 94 up 5.5 percent total market cap we're at 1.82 trillion dollars with a btc dominance of 59.4 percent in our first conversation today we're talking to matt hussey the head of decrypt studios and he's going to give us some clarity on why everything was giving us anxiety over the past week why was the stock market down and up and down and up and crypto was following the stock market he is going to give us some clarity matt how you doing long time no talk welcome to the show Thanks so much, Matt. Good to be here. Well, we were very panicked last week. There was huge sell-offs. It was super bloody. It was honestly, it it made us a little nervous, but we're back. Can you tell us what happened over the past week? Yeah, so crypto is going through a really interesting moment right now in the sense that it's it's being bought and sold by people who buy and sell on the stock market more broadly. So as a result, when things change in the stock markets, they change for crypto. So what we saw last week is a shift from the growth stocks, you know, like the Teslas and the Apples and the big 
coins of this world away from those into what's called value stocks. These are stocks that tend to be deemed um, cheaper in terms of acquisition, but but better growth potential this year, especially as you know the US gets back on its feet with COVID. So whenever you see Google and Apple go down, Bitcoin tends to follow suit. So we saw a bit of a sell-off last week. Um, and then in, on Friday, we had a kind of a bit of a crunch in the Bitcoin market. We had a record $6 billion in futures contracts expiring on mm-hmm. the Friday, which would mean that a lot of um, short sellers would be caught out. And what that means is that the short sellers who bet or betting that the markets would go down didn't weren't right. And as a result, you saw on the weekend a kind of a big push, especially on Saturday, for a lot of that, a big uptick in Bitcoin price as those short sellers had to buy the Bitcoin to cover their losses. And then you saw a bit of a settling down and now things are going crazy again. Well, I don't know what that means because I looked at a Tesla stock. It doesn't seem to be going crazy. People are still a little, well, I guess, worried about what's going on there. Why are people moving from Tesla to these value stocks? Right. So the problem with the value, the growth stocks, I should say, is that 2020, they went crazy. Like basically, if you look at a kind of a stock broker or a stock investor's portfolio, they had a range of options. They had like, you know, bonds and treasury stuff, which offer like really stable returns. Those, the performance of those went to almost zero last year. There's almost no gains on those. So what that meant is that people went looking for value elsewhere. The, the COVID 2020 and 2021 meant that all like, most stocks that relied on people buying things, going out, experiencing stuff really suffered. So airlines, energy companies, banks didn't do very well because interest rates went to almost zero. So as a result, you got this sort of asset class called growth stocks, right? These are the companies that it doesn't matter what's happening outside, business as usual, right? Tesla is one of those, Bitcoin's one of those, Apple's one of those, because all their profits rely on stuff that doesn't really need a shot to sell them. So as all the money from the markets poured into these, these stocks, as the, as the economy started to recover, and, you, and the best sort of signs of a recovery in the economy are things like oil prices, as those start to tick up at the beginning of this year, that reflects consumer demand and that reflects sort of broader changes in the industry, right? So with prices so high uh, as a result of last year's boom, the feeling on, on the street is that some of these assets, and I'm not including Bitcoin in this, but some of those assets were seen as overvalued or had priced in all the value that they're going to get in, a, mm. in this cycle. Mm-hmm. So stockbrokers and, and traders went, okay, so if they're kind of tapped out, where's the value in, in the market, right? So you, then they start looking like energy companies, right? So if more people are going out, more people are driving, more people are buying gas at the, at the pump, these markets are going to start going up and up and up and up. So you saw a big surge this quarter, we're coming to the end of the first quarter now, big surge in petrol, gas companies, energy companies, with the rise in interest rates uh, because of the bond yields, you're seeing banks starting to do well again. So energy and financials were the big performers this quarter. Uh, and basically, because those those assets are going up and it look like they're going to continue going up for this year, they are less risky and what would be classed as less exotic assets than things like Bitcoin for those types of investors. Now, you know, for us crypto natives, it's a different story. But that's what's happening in Wall Street. Something that's going to happen this week on Wall Street too is because of this massive margin call. Well, that's been it's been called a margin call. Uh, that happened on the stock market on Friday, which sent markets crazy in America. And now we're seeing in Asia and Europe, there's going to be a lot of like 
turbulence in uh, in the in on Wall Street, and we're likely to see that trip over into into crypto in different ways. Last question, and first of all, thank you for answering that question. I bet you a lot of people are wondering what is going on with their Tesla stock and Apple stock and all that other stuff. Uh, last question is: Look, there are seven companies right now applying to, for ETFs in the U.S. Are we going to see more of the Bitcoin or crypto markets following the growth stocks if we have more ETFs? Great question. So, ETFs uh, for people kind of wondering what they are, it's stock brokers and stock traders, right? They have all these systems where they buy stocks and sell stocks. And crypto right now sits outside there. It's a whole different ball game. And to, to get into that game, you've got to have a wallet, you've got to be able to hold it. It's got to be hopefully cold storage if you know you're not going to be um, risking your customers' Bitcoin by holding it in a hot wallet. And that's put a lot of investors off. With an ETF or an exchange-traded fund, what that allows traders to do and other people too is to bet on the price of Bitcoin up or down without ever having to get into crypto per se. So they don't have to go and get a wallet. They don't have to go to an exchange. They don't have to do all that kind of stuff. They can go to their sort of like trader of choice and whoever you know, using the Bitcoin ETF and they go, okay, I want to I have some exposure to Bitcoin, but I don't want to hold it. So with the kind of, Loads of companies that are racking up to kind of get a US ETF. We've seen an ETF in Canada. We've seen an ETF in Brazil now. The pressure's kind of on for the US to kind of jump into this, this pool and start playing. If that happens, if one company gets it, we're likely to see a couple of things. One is a surge of money onto the ETF, which will start to have an impact on, on the Bitcoin price. And two, it will mean that the kind of the trillions of dollars in the kind of asset industry will now, like, will now be able to have exposure to Bitcoin indirectly, which is sort of the big fear for investors at the moment, right? Is they don't want to buy, they don't want to be left holding the bag, right? That's kind of the big, the big thing for traders. They don't want to be left holding a, the, bo- the bottom of a, of a dump scheme on any kind of assets. So this is sort of what's lying ahead this year. If it happens, there's going to be a bit of a run. People are bullish on crypto more broadly, but at the moment with the stock markets and assets doing the thing, that doing cyclical trades, as it's called, uh, things are going to be frothy. I think the best term is for, for describing Bitcoin's price right now. Very good term. Matt Hussey, head of Decrypt Studios. Thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining all of that to us. Thanks, Matt. Now we move over to Decrypt's writer, Scott Cipollina, and he's going to talk about Visa using Ethereum and stablecoins for payments. Interesting bullish news. Here's Scott. Scott Cipollina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 100%. Look at this, man. Visa completes first cryptocurrency transaction on Ethereum. Tell me about this. Yeah. So today, um, Visa published an announcement that it's going to be allowing the use of um, the USD coin, stablecoin, to settle transactions on the payments network. Basically, part of a wider pivot that Visa has has been um, carrying out towards crypto more generally. Um, it comes at well, it also comes at a time where like other major institutions have been sort of you know buying into crypto. You've got the uh, Bank of New York Mellon, you've got Man- uh, MicroStrategy, PayPal. They, they've all sort of embraced crypto in one way or another, and Visa really is no different. So according to a Visa survey that they conducted just last month, twenty five percent of all credit card users in Latin America have expressed that they'd be eager to use cryptocurrencies in in one way or another if um, their payment processes gave them that opportunity. So Visa has obviously seen other big players in the finance space and the finance world embracing crypto in one shape, in, in some shape, shape or form, and they're following suit, basically. Okay, so what I'm hearing is this uh, USDC Ethereum test that they're doing is basically geared more for um, countries outside the US and UK, more for like Latin American countries? Well, I mean, Latin America is a big part of Visa's 
focus. Obviously, Visa is a, a global network that we're talking about here. But um, as that survey that I just mentioned sort of um, demonstrated, there's a big demand for access to cryptocurrencies in Latin America. And a lot of that is because we have to take, you know, we have to contextualize these things in many countries in Latin America, like, for example, Venezuela, you know, fiat currencies or, or national currencies, however we choose to describe them, are, you know, suffering from massive inflation. And uh, people are really feeling the damage there. So they're looking at cryptocurrencies as a way to not only to sort of, you know, be a hedge against inflation, which is the common the common sort of justification for these things, but also just to spend them and, and to use them in, in everyday life, really. The USD coin is a stable coin, so it's, it's pegged to the US dollar. Beyond the USD coin, there is a bigger demand for the crypto industry more generally in Latin America and Visa, as they've shown, they're very interested in that area. I guess the elephant in the room, last question, which I doubt you can answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is right. why Ethereum? They're slow, they're overpriced, they're bloated. We all know the problems with Ethereum. Why would somebody that needs high throughput, high TPS, pick yeah. the slowest, most bloated network that we got? So, I mean, Visa's use of the Ethereum network basically removes the need for a consumer to convert digital coins or cryptocurrencies into into traditional money before they can make a transaction. Arguably, that's you know removing some pre-existing complexities for for the consumer. And Visa is, you know, that they, they've embraced that network and they they have faith that it's the best way to go. Right on. Scott Cipollino, writer for Decrypt. Thank you very much for coming on and telling me this kind of bullish news. Thank you. No worries. And in today's headlines, if you guys remember last week or the week before that, if you remember, I don't even remember, actually. But a couple weeks ago, I reported that the Oakland Athletics, which is a major league baseball team here in the U.S., is taking Bitcoin for their suites. Their suites prices are around $64,000. So if you pay for a suite with Bitcoin, you save about seven grand as of right now. That's deals if you're going to buy a suite anyway. But here, they're going to sweeten the deal for you. They're not going to just take your Bitcoin and liquidate it and get that fiat money, that dirty fiat. No, they're going to hodl their Bitcoin. Even though the athletics didn't say why they're going to hodl the Bitcoin instead of turning it into fiat currency, I think it's pretty clear. They feel there's an upside. They think that they're going to have more for the Bitcoin than that $64,000. So how many people have bought a suite with Bitcoin so far? Zero. Nobody wants to spend their Bitcoin. However, they have had 100 inquiries about the process. How do you know when something goes mainstream? Is it because you see it on the news? Fox, CNN, CNBC? I mean, those are all good indicators. However, another great indicator is when you see it on SNL, Saturday Night Live. And Saturday Night Live just had a skit about NFTs. And it was funny. And I'm saying that because most of their stuff isn't funny. This one was funny. Actually, come to think about it, in our next headline, SNL makes a funny skit. If y'all didn't see it, please click the links in the show notes and check it out. It's hilarious. Pass it around. It is kind of informative, slapstick, tongue-to-cheek. I have not much more to say about it. Just watch it. And finally, India. India and crypto. There's always drama about India crypto drama. Also, did you guys see this headline? I just, I didn't read the article. I just saw it in passing that there's a major data hack in India and it's up on Reddit and, or they have a website where you can search by your phone number and see what data they stole. Insane. Anyway, the Indian crypto drama continues where the Indian government says companies must disclose their crypto holdings. Companies incorporated in India are required by law to disclose crypto holdings as of April 1st. Indian crypto industry representatives told Decrypt the news is positive but has no bearing on the tabled motion for an outright crypto ban. So I guess the Indian government is still hodling the ban bill. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know what's going on with companies now. They can hodl crypto, they just got to let you know, I guess. India is forever in this perpetual crypto drama. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. 
If you guys want to send me an email, it's Matthew Aaron. I know, this is confusing. I'm changing my name. Identity crisis over here. I have a reason. I'll let you guys know. But you can send me an email at MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Remember, Fridays is listener questions. You can send me an email, ask your question, and I will answer it on Friday. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment, a rating, subscribe, share, and did I say leave a comment already? I forgot. Anyway, hope you have a great day, and happy hodling, and I'll see you tomorrow.